Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. 400 plus episodes. We've never talked about almond butter. I can't even wait. You're going to learn all about Revival Food Co. I cannot even wait for you to meet my guest. Rachel Klein is on today. Rachel, so glad you're here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's I know. So it's, fun. So, it's so great that you're here. I think, I mean, this is a, such a hot product right now. I can't even wait to get your angle on it and um, talk about your business and whatnot. Um, before we do that, though, and jump into product and package and who your customer is, how about share a little bit of your background and what you were doing before launching the business? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was doing nothing that had anything to do with, <laughs> with almond with butter, almond butter. With food, all of it. I mean, it, this was truly the last thing in the world I would have ever thought I'd be doing with my life. Um, so <laughs> I love that. There. That's even, that's great. <laughs> the good start. Yeah. 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 So I was, so I was actually a dance major in college. I was contemporary dance. I thought I was going to become a professional contemporary dancer, downtown Chicago, New York city, of course. like that whole vibe. Yeah. Right. I mean, doesn't everybody that would be think so that? fun. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I've always loved, you know, health and wellness. So I had that kind of focus. I graduated from college, didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was the massage therapist. I was the Pilates <laughs> yoga instructor. I worked at Lululemon. Lulu, I kind yeah, of I just was that. everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was all over the place. And then I started um, making almond butter at home just for fun because I would literally, well, this probably goes into some of your other questions, but um, you get, I, I'll just keep going. Yes. Keep going. But basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty funny because, you know, I was just truly living at home with my parents unless didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I was engaged to my now husband and I got on this kick of just healthy food. Like, okay, mom and dad, we need to start eating healthier food. One of the things that, and they're already very healthy, but kind of things that, you know, as a, you know, my parents' generation, I'd be like, you think that this is healthy, but it's actually not. <laughs> sure. um, so peanut butter was one of those things where everybody, you know, we eat peanut butter and banana like every day in our house. Yum. And yeah, which is a great snack, but also not that healthy. Right. You know, peanut butter has a lot of things in it, but just the fat content of peanut butter and the sugar is usually because it has like maple syrup or honey or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to try buying some almond butter for us and we're going to start doing the almond butter thing. I so I that. start buying almond butter and I was like, dang, this does not taste that good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll keep going. And then I've got a question yeah. about that. <laughs> okay. So that's the truth. Like I literally tried, I would go to like all the cool local stores. I'd go to Whole Foods. I'd go to like everywhere I could. Costco. And I just always, every time I'd like, we'd work through the jar of gross almond butter and I'd buy another jar from a different brand. And I'd be like, gosh, this tastes bad too. Like I just was truly baffled. Like why is almond butter so gross? Because like <laughs> almonds are not gross. I know almonds almond are good. Was. But why right. is the almond butter gross? So did you figure right. that out? 
yeah, I, you know, I figured it all out. So <laughs> I can't wait to hear like, because yeah. you're right though. It, and it kind of looks gross. Yeah. And some, some of the types I've seen, yeah. they look gross in the packaging too, by the way, it looks like yes. a bunch of oil or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of almond butters, every single one that I would try and even still on the shelf besides ours really there's a handful of other ones that aren't bad but like for the most part they're pasty they're bland they're full of you know either it's palm oil they've got honey maple syrup some sort of added sugar even if it's coconut sugar right Um, but what i learned when i started getting into manufacturing is that a lot of almond butters are number one they use like sometimes they'll use kind of like almond milk leftovers like the kind of like the gross (laughs) like yeah, it's pretty nasty. It's like this vat of like almond cream kind of thing that like comes from leftovers of almond milk production. Um, so that's gross. And then uh, one of the worst things, though, that I have become passionate about was that most other I'd say 99% of other almond butters are overheated and processed in a way that like basically cooks the almond butter paste that they're making because they're heating it to such an extreme um, level because then they want to heat seal it into the jar. And, you know, it it can get really, if it's really, really hot, then it can get smoother and can fill faster in the filling machine. Um, And truly, I mean, if you think about it, logically, that destroys all of the nutrients and the flavor in the almond itself. So by the time you're good. Right. By the time you're jarring it, you have this completely different product than what it started with, which was a nice, healthy almond. All right. So we just jumped like all the way down. (laughs) I I call it a funnel. I was explaining earlier to Rachel, like, you know, when I I write my outline for these interviews. So um, it's it's perfect. So you decide I'm going to do something about the bad. There's a bad tasting almond butter. I want to do something about it. So what, what did you have to do first? Like, how did you make... your version, you know what I mean? To begin with, that's what I'm guessing you had to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a food processor at home and I just start combining ingredients to see what I could make. So of course I started on like a Pinterest recipe, I think, you know, like how to make almond butter, you know, it was like the basics of how much should I put into a food processor? And essentially you can literally just take a bunch of almonds, put them in a food processor and press go and it'll make almond butter. Um, but you know, when I made it, I was like, Oh, it's not very fun. It doesn't taste good. So I was going for something specific, which is just truly what I want. And I think tastes good. So trying to make an almond butter that had real flavor to it. Got it. Um, that had a little hint of salt. Cause I love that. Just like little, like a little punch of salt in each bite. Um, a little hint of like natural sweetness where it's really just drawing out the sweetness of the almonds. Cause on their own almonds already are fairly sweet nuts. Sure. Um, and so I use dry roasted almonds too. I tried raw and I tried um, dry roasted. I tried blanched all the, I just was always testing out like, okay, what do I like the best? Um, and I found the dry roasted had such a great natural flavor that the roasting process kind of brings out of it. And so, and then I started using coconut oil. Number one, I started using the coconut oil because I just wanted to like make it faster in the food processor. And I was like, oil, that'll <laughs> sure, make it faster. Oil. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. But then one of the fun side effects of that that I learned was that um, the coconut oil actually helps it to not feel as sticky to the roof oh, of your mouth. Interesting. So okay. one of the things that makes our almond butter really like fun and surprising is that when you're eating it, it's still, of course, sticky like any other nut butter, but it's not quite, it's not that same consistency where it just like 
sticks and stays on the roof of your mouth for like 20 minutes after eating it. The coconut oil kind of helps to like break down the oils and the, that like stickiness of the almonds. So it's kind of, it's, it's enjoyable to eat then, you know? That's very, very cool. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah. So you start experimenting with recipes. Like, did you come up to something that was like, okay, this is going to, th- at least this is version number one that I like. Now yeah. I need to figure out how to put this into bigger packaging or did you let people try it? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So I had no idea that I would make this into a full on product right. when I did it. You were just so, seeing if you could make some yeah. healthier or t- better tasting almond butter. Right. And so I had this one flavor that I would then started making all the time because it was so great. Um, it's essentially the exact same flavor profile as what our sea salt vanilla is today. So that's our like original, our OG Got flavor. Um, and so I actually had it as wedding favors at our wedding because <laughs> I <laughs> I was like, wedding Perfect. flavors are <laughs> yeah, wedding favors are super lame. So <laughs> how about I just make little True. jars of almond butter? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's unique. It's yeah. personal. People think it's cool yeah. that you made that. Yeah. Right. It's like something that was truly from me. And nobody was surprised to find that because this is, I can't do anything normal, you know? Um, <laughs> and it. so I had these little jars and it said from the kitchen of the bride, just super cute. And after the wedding, and this is kind of what started it after the wedding, then I had so many friends and family come up to me and they're like, what was <laughs> that was good. And how okay, I want more. I took 10 off the table. Like you, can you send me some? And I was like, what is happening? This is fun. That's really <laughs> crazy. I mean, yeah, seriously. So, okay. So you got good feedback. Um, and at that point where you like, Hmm, maybe now I will do something about this because it's a big deal to go from putting it in jar for, you know, a bunch of people at your wedding to selling it at Walmart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huge leap. So I still, when I, after that happened, we moved, we were living in Louisville at the time, moved up to Indianapolis. And, um, I really, I still wanted, my whole plan was still to open up a yoga studio. Actually, that was, I was going to, again, super random. I was going to open up an aerial (laughs) yoga studio. So I was certified in aerial yoga. Got it. Different types of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, I know this is how I am. So it was going to be that. And then I, you know, really wasn't ready to open up a brick and mortar of this, you know, fanciful yoga studio. So my husband was like, well, you should just try the almond butter thing. Cause this is already, you have great feedback already. And in my head, I was thinking, okay, this will be my practice business. I'm just going to start right. you know, here Let's try it out. figure out business because I didn't know anything about business at the time. Um, so it kind of just started very small. I would meet with when I was here in Indianapolis and I just started meeting with a lot of local vendors, like other people who have food products. So I could ask them, you know, what, what is a certified commercial kitchen? Right. How do what is I, that? How, <laughs> how yeah, does that like work? The, the basic, basic, like what goes on a label? How do I need right. to feel it? You know, the, the, the simple, simple things. Everything. Yeah, yep. exactly. So I did that and just to like, at least get a prototype out of like what, like a few flavors of just me playing in the kitchen. And like, what if I added this spice? What if I added this? Like, what doesn't exist that I would want to eat? Right. So it's all very, you know, really, it's all very like based around me and what I want to buy at the market. And so that's what I created. And, you know, at first I just got into, I think I got into one store locally um, that I asked them, I said, you know, would you be interested in carrying this and using it? It was like a juice bar smoothie kind of place. Sure. I said, would you want to use it on your menu? Um, They said, yes. 
And then I said, also, can I have a job? So I worked like part time for them. <laughs> and <laughs> that's really funny. And they carried it. Yeah. And it was, I look back and it was actually kind of one of these perfect scenarios where it was like they had a front of house. Um, you would walk up to the you know front desk and you could buy, that's where you would order your food and your drinks and whatever. Sure. And I would have my samples sitting out there. Oh, uh, nice. So you could be like the flavor. salesperson too. That's what I was. Yeah. So table. I was really this. That's what it was, the garden table. Yes. So I was just able to like have this perfect market study. It's pretty you know, cool. I, and you can see what people think or say. Up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that's an opportunity that I think honestly a lot of other food and beverage op- entrepreneurs like don't get is totally. that sampling, you know, and actually saying, do people actually want to buy this? <laughs> right. Do they like it? Does it <laughs> or they just being nice. The <laughs> right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if someone liked it, I'd be like, thanks, it's mine. If they didn't like it, I'd be like, okay, that's great feedback. Wow. You know? <laughs> that's really, really cool. Yeah. No, it's, that's actually true. Yeah. A lot of people have, it's hard to get, you know, real-time feedback, right, on new products, especially, right. you know, like that's, that's right. so unique. Um, you're now, you've also, you've also got a number of flavors for those that haven't checked it out. Hemp Super Seeds, Rosemary Maca, I'm guessing that's the right way to say that the uh-huh. cinnamon hold on i just went off the page now <laughs> of course the sea salt <laughs> vanilla is the main the like the the, the leading brand that was the start cinnamon yeah. chai raw cacao um that's is right. That right? Yep. okay so yep that's right cacao. <laughs> all right so you you get in one store with sea salt vanilla i'm guessing so did you what was it after that was it more stores or other flavors i'll call it yeah. So we stuck, I mean, I kind of adjusted those flavors again, like as I would get feedback from people, I would adjust the flavors. I um, ended up changing our name kind of like, oh, really? grew. Okay. yeah, well, the original name was actually pure and good foods okay. and P&G. it was based off of, <laughs> yeah, it was right. That's not, not a great, not a right. great name. <laughs> right. There's already one of those. <laughs> Right. And it was actually already trademarked. Pure Good was trademarked. So oh, that's well, another like tip. That's not good remember either, to check, right? <laughs> uh, remember check. to check trademarking <laughs> right. before you like get a name. Okay. So where um, did Revival so come actually, from? Well, Revival came from this idea because when I chose Pure and Good Foods, it was this idea that like all things that are pure and good, like getting back to the basics of right. what it is to be like truly clean, healthy, but like it has to taste good and it needs to be pure. And so when I was trying to figure out what our next name was going to be, I'm like, what is that like idea convey to me? And I, of course, was just like trolling through a thesaurus and trying to figure out a name that made sense. And revival kept popping up to me because it was this idea of like, essentially a food revival where we're saying like, we're going to get back yeah. to the basics, That's cool. I like but that. like better, you know, like it's the basics, but better. And that's something that I feel like, you know, so many people almost try to completely recreate the whole thing. And for me, I was like, you know, it's not about recreating it because almond butter is nothing new. Like nut butter is nothing new ever. I mean, there's 10,000 different versions. Everybody's making it, but what if I made it better you know this version that's like truly unlike anything else that's on the shelf at all right and that so it's a revival you know i think it's cool i like it i like the name and so thank you what happened after the first store was it more stores well i know you changed the the mix on a couple of these but like how did how did that evolve 
Yeah. So I got involved with the farmer's market locally. Um, so I started doing one farmer's market, then added in like two more. I started growing our footprint then with like local stores. And I would literally just walk in and, you know, say, do you want to carry this? And so slowly <laughs> but surely, I would kind of drum up some local business and started getting people locally that were passionate about our product just at the farmer's wow. market. That's very um, cool. So yeah, it was very cool. And then um, what started kickstarting the like branch out into truly like going into CPG yep. was that we had um, we had an opportunity to be a part of this local program, like Indiana local program with Kroger. Got it. So we, I went and pitched to actually the first store. It was Market District. And then from there came um, Kroger. So Market District, there's one store in Indianapolis. Um, and they have about 15 other stores, I think, um, kind of towards the East Coast. But it started with Market District, and that opened up the door to a distributor, which then that distributor said, hey, we want to put you on the shelf today at Kroger. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> sure. You know, this I don't is know what that like means. Not... But... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so then I started learning. I'm like, what is a distributor? What is right. the percentage <laughs> that a distributor takes? Like, how do I get my product made in in our kitchen to this right. distributor and like how much are they going to be ordering? And so it was just this. And also at the time I was pregnant with our first um, <laughs> baby too. So I'm like in the kitchen pregnant with oh like one girl helping me and nice. we're like boxing up. Literally there's this picture and it's me pregnant standing in front of like, I mean, piles of boxes um, sure. of cases I'm of sure. almond butter that I'm like, did it, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. So though, that was, right? Yeah, that was kind of what threw me into this world. And I got really energized by it because I saw the benefit of what happens. You know, here I could be selling one jar at a time at the farmer's market, or I can sell the Kroger. Right. And all cases. of a sudden, I'm like, cases, you know, yeah. 250 cases to them. And oh I'm like, this is God. way more fun. Not that, I mean, I always love and I have such a special heart in my, or a special place in my heart for like the farmer's markets and just like local. Sure industry but man it's challenging and especially yeah. when you have a young family i was like wow this <laughs> right, is it's really a lot. makes this makes a lot of sense to like scale you know this is right. how it starts to work yeah so who helped you <laughs> did you have to lean on others to help you figure out like packaging and label like you mentioned earlier or did you have was the co-packer helpful like how did you figure that out well, I definitely, I mean, like I said, I reached out to a lot of friends in the industry. Like sure. I didn't really, I never worked with somebody specifically that was basically acting as like a consultant for me. Yeah. I would just literally, I mean, it's kind of strange. Like there's not a lot of regulation. Like nobody's looking at your package and going to like call you out. So you have to be smart enough to be like, all right, I'm going to look at everybody else's packaging and see what they have. I'm going to reach out, <laughs> right. you know, like you can send it in eventually to like a lawyer, you know, and have right. them kind of like piece through it all, make sure you've got everything you need, which is what we did, you know, before this newest product or newest packaging launch. But before that, I was really just like, I'm pretty sure this is what I need to put on there. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> of course, I'm pretty sure you know, we got the, it. <laughs> yeah, the distributors and the, you know, the, the retailers, yeah. like they'll call you out if there's yeah. something missing too. No but for the most part, I really just kind of leaned on friends and family and, you know, reaching out to people that had no idea who I was. And I'm like, hey, I'm this girl trying to start an almond butter company. Right. Um, can you give me some advice? And most yeah, people want to help, right? I mean, that's they the great do. thing. Yeah. They do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you get into Kroger stores, you've had to you had to figure out how to make enough product and get it to them. <laughs> uh, over time has have you had to change how you make the product or, you know, are, are, what about retail as you've expanded beyond Kroger? 
Yeah, definitely had to upgrade our production situation. <laughs> so we have, I have three kids now too. So that kind of happened <laughs> along the way. Got it. You know, my oldest is only five years old. So I was like, I am not, I'm not going in the kitchen anymore. I'm not making this. This is not the part that I want to do. Right. Um, so we, in 2020 or 2019, I went to our first trade show, which was um, Natural Products Expo East. You know, that's the I'm second largest trade show. Yep. Yes. And so I went there basically with this ultimatum, this personal ultimatum to myself saying, okay, either I'm going to get some sort of large account and I'm going to scale this thing up, or I'm going to realize that nobody's really ready for this yet on a large scale. And that's fine. I'm just going to sell it online. I'll just like, you know, streamline the operation, like get rid of all the extra stuff because I just couldn't manage, you know, I couldn't manage with three kids, like where I was, I was pregnant with our third at the time. And I was like, this isn't what I pictured. You know, I'm not, (laughs) it's a lot of work. All of that. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'd been doing it for about five years up to that point. And it was fun, but I was like, I'm getting to that breaking point, which, you know, a lot of small businesses do like once you get to five years, you're like, is this working or is this not working? Right. <laughs> totally get that. Um, yeah. yeah. So at, at, at that point, then what did you do? Yeah. So then while I was at the trade show, that's where I actually met the Walmart buyer for all nut butters and spreads. Wow. She happened to come to my booth. Yeah. She came to my booth. She just loved the product. And, you know, we basically had a conversation right then and there where I'm, I realized this is my moment, you know, Walmart is right. not, this is not small retailer. Yeah. Kroger is huge though. <laughs> I mean, you got Kroger right. and then Walmart, that's like massive, as you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Walmart, I realized even in the conversation, it was so cool connecting with this buyer because the fact that she was interested in a product like ours, which was so specialty and craft almond butter, you know, all these things with our goofy flavors that are so unlike anything else <laughs> right. on the shelf. And I was like, Walmart is interested, right. you know, That's and it cool, really said a lot. Yeah, it is. And it said a lot to me about like what their values are and where they're heading to, because they are really like, they've become way more passionate about the smaller brands about, you know, getting truly good, interesting foods on their shelves too. And you think about it. I mean, a Walmart shopper is that's America. Like that is most of (laughs) America shops at Walmart at least one time in a year. And so if you can surprise and delight them when they walk in, that's really special. So anyways, long story short, I get into Walmart. She ends up, ends up saying, we want to carry your product. This is after a few months of me, like emailing her back and forth. But and all stores or like a certain no, segment no, was, or how did that work? Yeah. So they, they do it by demographic too. So they put our stores and our products in the stores that they thought would be the most successful. So we started off with about a thousand stores, which is what we're in right now. A thousand, only a thousand stores. I mean, (laughs) so, I mean, that's not small, right? So scaling up production and making that many units. I mean, right. So we had to figure it out pretty fast. And again, at this point, I have my baby. I have my like newborn baby and I'm trying to figure out um, the one, three and five year olds. Right. Right. (laughs) So yes. Yeah. So I, I found this amazing co-packer that we're working with now. Um, 
And so we've been partnered with them over the last few years and got it. We can now scale to whatever we need. Really. We have obviously like everything. at that point. Yeah, exactly. And we just launched into HEB this month. Oh my too. gosh. So we just launched into Rachel. about 200 stores. <laughs> That's awesome. So are you getting, yeah. so, and is that because you were proactive with them or they heard about you and they reached out? Like, how does that, how is that working now? I mean, for the most part, I'm the one reaching out to all these retailers. Right. But HEB was actually, they reached out to us. They Got found it. our product and That's said, cool. we are, we're interested in your product, which I think said a lot. Um, oh. That yeah. meant volumes to me, you know, I was like, no wow, doubt. that's a, that's an honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So looking ahead, how do you think about the next, like say six to 12 months? Is it, do you keep mm-hmm. the same flavors you have or any of these flavors, like not, not selling as much as others and you want to add others? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, this year I feel literally like just energized. I'm so excited because there's so many, um, I feel like this year is going to be a pretty big one for revival. We, um, I have some ideas in the pipeline of potential new, like if we launch a new flavor, it would be one new flavor. Got it. Um, so I can't tell you what it is yet because I haven't (laughs) fully decided which one we're going to go with. (laughs) You have to come back on down the road and tell us. (laughs) I will have to. Yeah. So, um, that's something, that's something really fun that I honestly haven't been able to do in a long time is even dream up and like get in the kitchen and R and D new flavors because I've been so focused on the brand growth and like stabilizing it at Walmart and, you know, just like, keeping my family alive essentially um so so i'm excited that this year we definitely do want to launch a new flavor um and you know just continue now that so we just launched a rebrand uh this or it was at the very end of december we went through a rebrand and like relabeling or rebranding yeah yeah i guess it wasn't a full rebrand so we kept the name and and then just relabeled everything. You'll see our website looks really fresh. I yeah. mean, it's not even worth looking at what we looked like before because it's so good now. Um, it yeah, just the website looks great. Itself. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so proud of it. And I loved the company that we worked with um, to make it happen. And it just feels like it truly conveys who we are now in this stage, in this new season of what Revival is. So sure. this year is all about pitching to new retailers. Um, you know, we already got a yes from... Foxtrot Market, which is up in Chicago. I'm sure you know awesome. Foxtrot. Very um, much so, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, just like we're going to start building and growing um, more of our reach so we, people can find us in more places across the nation. That's and, really cool. you know, we'll be launching a new flavor. And, you know, this year is just going to be fun. Yeah. I'm like pumped. <laughs> I think so. I feel it feels like it, doesn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. I always love to ask our guests like two or three pieces of, of advice or lessons learned that you've had. You've been doing this about seven plus years. So, um, what would be two or three things you'd offer to our listeners as advice for you know entrepreneurs that that might be out there? Yeah. So I'd say my number one piece of advice for my fellow entrepreneurs out there is ask questions. You know, just like I was saying, the only way that I got here was because I was completely unafraid to reach out to anybody and everybody and ask them all of my questions. And like you said, I mean, truly other founders and other entrepreneurs are willing to help because they know what the journey is. They get it, you know, and I'm that resource too. So if anyone's listening and they want to reach out, I mean, you can literally send me a DM. Like you can (laughs) reach out and I respond because I get it. I'm just like, oh, that it's so, it can be so confusing. And, you know, just ask for the help that you need and don't go and pay, you know, some big consulting firm to tell you what to do when you can reach out to like real life people that have been there and done it before. Totally. 
I totally agree. That's that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. So fun. Um, I mean, the aerial, aerial yoga would have been fun and interesting, <laughs> but this, I mean, yeah. so cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is way more fun. I mean, and it really hits on so many of my passions too. So I'm just really enjoying it. And I will say one other piece of advice too that just came to mind um, to share with other entrepreneurs is part of what's gotten me to where I am today too is that anytime somebody tells me like this is how it has to be done this is what this, <laughs> right? this is the special this is the special formula for what it become what it is to become a successful CPG brand right I am like no Nope. I'm not going to follow that formula <laughs> because I don't even know what that formula is. You know, right. this is where when you come into it completely green with no prior experience, right. you get to make up your own rules and you can't pay somebody to tell you what to do, or you can think for yourself and you can say, you know, maybe I don't need a broker. Right. Maybe I don't need to get into every single store known to mankind, you know, like really thinking for yourself, like my buyer at Walmart, I asked her after I got in, I was like, so should I, should I have a broker? And she was like, <laughs> no, you already are in. Exactly. Don't just take like, another percentage. Right. right. So trust yourself and, you know, and get scrappy and don't go for the biggest, most expensive branding right off the bat. Like mm -hmm. make sure that your product is actually selling first. Yeah, you know, like we didn't rebrand until we got into Walmart and I suddenly had finally money coming into the company. And I was <laughs> right. like, all right, here's what I want to do with it. And then it right. made sense. And then it was a no brainer. But like before that, no way, you know, no, you have to be totally. scrappy and be okay with that. Like, and we still as a brand haven't taken in any outside funding um, either, which is, you know, hard to do when you're a startup, but also it's hard to do if you're spending all your money all the time. So this is where I'm <laughs> like, true. you know, don't be afraid to get scrappy. Like don't take that outside investment money if you don't have to, because you're giving away so much of what you've created in the process. So totally. I feel very passionate about that. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Man, so funny yeah. and so good. Um, <laughs> share with our audience where they can find you, buy a product, check out your product, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely head to our website. So our, our website is very simply um, revivalfoodco.com. That's also our Instagram handle is just at revivalfoodco. And then you can, re you can find me on Instagram too. Too. It's mostly me posting about my kids and my journey. Um, <laughs> and it's Rach spelled R-A with six Y's. C H. It's oh. kind of silly. <laughs> Rage. Rage. This is it's what my it's like, I have to add says. another Y. Oh wait, that one's taken. I'll add one more Y. What? That's exactly no, that's how it went. Oh, this that's one's exactly not taken. <laughs> How did I, I know? was like, all right, I guess we're going with six wives. <laughs> Rach. That's very cool. I love it. Um, this yeah. has been so fun, Rachel. Thanks for being with us. I I mean, yeah. you're like, you're kind of like, you're not early days. You're like mid, you're in, you're rolling. So you got to yeah. come back on down the road and share <laughs> more with us um, and how things progress in the next year. Yeah, for sure. I, I would love that. Well, That'd be super fun. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being here with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. 
If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.